48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. A tourism industry representative says plans to ease the rules for inbound tourists show Hong Kong is returning to normal. China Evergrande Group says it's facing a loss of about 770 million US dollars after receivers sold its plot of land in Yunlong. And the head of the UN warns the world that it's on a highway to climate hell with its foot on the accelerator. The government will relax COVID restrictions on inbound tour groups, allowing them to visit attractions like theme parks, museums and temples on their first three days here. Arrivals are currently banned from entering various venues and some tourists found themselves, found themselves barred from the Rugby Sevens. The government says tours will have to be organised by licensed agents according to pre-registered itineraries and participants will only be able to dine in partitioned areas of designated restaurants. Officials say the new arrangements will start sometime this month. Both the tourism sector and catering businesses welcomed the news. Speaking at a news conference, the lawmaker representing the catering sector, Tommy Chung, said restaurants were ready to to start discussing how to accommodate tour groups. Meanwhile, the executive director of the Travel Industry Council, Fanny Young, said the move sent a message that Hong Kong is returning to normal. We won't expect a lot of uh, tourists in the beginning of uh, I mean, this relaxation. But I think it is a very important positive sign to the world that Hong Kong is back. And also, um, well, so the, our tourists next time, not, not only the, the tourists and even our trade partners, overseas trade partners. So when they plan for the next trip, uh, put Hong Kong as their priority destination. The High Court has rejected an appeal by the former RTHK freelance producer Bao Choi against conviction over her investigation into the 2019 Yunlong gang attack. Choi was convicted on two counts of making false statements when applying to access a government vehicle registration database and was fined $6,000. Handing down his verdict, Judge Alex Lee said Choi's intention was to track down vehicles related to the attack rather than probing traffic and transport issues, as she claimed. Speaking to reporters outside the court, Choi said she was disappointed with the judgment and will talk to her legal team about whether to appeal again later this month. I believe people working in the media sector are also disappointed with the judgment. The rejected appeal would directly affect the search system being used in the sector. This would hinder journalists from monitoring those with power. China Evergrande Group says it's facing a loss of about 770 million US dollars after receivers sold its plot of land in Yunlong. The cash-strapped mainland developer told the stock exchange the parcel had been sold for more than 630 million US dollars. It added that the proceeds will be used to repay debts linked to the undeveloped project. Evergrande reported in January that receivers had seized the site as security. The company has been struggling under a mountain of debt of more than 300 billion US dollars. The Security Bureau says the Under Secretary for Security, Michael Chirk, has tested positive for COVID and is in isolation. It said Mr Chirk wore masks and followed disease prevention measures at work, including having daily rapid antigen tests. He last went to work this morning and has no recent travel history. It said the, security for sec- the Secretary for Security has tested negative for coronavirus. Meanwhile, health officials reported 5,198 new coronavirus infections, including 564 imported cases. They said five more people with COVID have died. 
Turning overseas, the UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres has warned leaders gathered for the COP27 climate summit in Egypt that we are on a highway to climate hell with our foot still on the accelerator. Mr Guterres said the world needed a new global compact between rich and poor countries. I'm calling for a historic pact between developed and developing economies and especially developed and emerging economies, a climate solidarity pact. A pact in which wealthier countries and international financial institutions provide financial and technical assistance to help emerging economies speed their own renewable energy transition. And a quick look at the weather for tonight and for tomorrow. It'll be mainly cloudy with a few showers. We can expect bright periods tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 21 and 24 degrees with moderate to fresh northeasterly winds. The outlook, it'll be warm during the day and the weather will gradually improve in the following few days. Currently at the observatory, it's 22 degrees Celsius. The relative humidity is 88%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Chief Executive John Lee has hailed the rule of law in Hong Kong, calling it a core value of society and a cornerstone of the city's success. Delivering a speech via video link at the opening ceremony of Legal Week, Mr Lee said the event would show the world Hong Kong's legal strengths. Your participation in the Hong Kong Legal Week signifies your vote of confidence in Hong Kong, our rule of law and our strength under the principle of one country, two systems. Last week, I welcomed top financiers around the globe in Hong Kong. This week, we welcome distinguished legal professions to the Hong Kong Legal Week. Our message is clear. Hong Kong is on stage again. Our talents are ready to offer the world the best of their professional services. Savor the chance to experience the smartest of Hong Kong while you are here. The CE added that an office will be set up in the city to implement a dispute resolution platform under the International Organization for Mediation, a new intergovernmental initiative. He said the SAR's involvement shows there's international confidence in legal structures here. Meanwhile, the the commissioner of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Hong Kong said the SAR must continue to improve its legal system. Also speaking at the start of Legal Week, Liu Guangyan said the rule of law here had consolidated the institutional foundation of one country, two systems, and helped to restore order in the city. The rule of law could help ensure Hong Kong's good governance, good systems, underpin sound governance. It is a truth testified by human history. Hong Kong's transition from chaos to stability has once again proved that Law-based governance is the most reliable way of governance. The rule of law has helped and will continue to help Hong Kong enjoy a long-term prosperity and stability. Health Secretary Lo Chung Mao says he's asked the hospital authority to review its security measures after a coronavirus patient allegedly attacked two nurses at the United Christian Hospital yesterday morning. Maggie Ho reports. According to the hospital, the 55-year-old male patient was diagnosed with COVID-19 and was staying in an isolation ward. However, he left his room and went to the nurse station in the early hours of Sunday morning, where he allegedly attacked medical staff with a drip stand. Two nurses were injured. One of them had to have stitches on her face, while the other suffered a dental injury. 
the patient was later subdued and subsequently arrested by the police in a statement health secretary lo chong mao sent his well wishes to the injured nurses and condemned the attack he stressed that the government adopts zero tolerance towards any violence that happens in the medical institution adding that he's ordered the hospital authority to review the security measures at all of its hospitals Turning overseas, analysis of satellite images carried out for the BBC shows large numbers of new graves have been dug in recent months at a mass burial site on the outskirts of the Russian-controlled Ukrainian port of Mariupol. Russian forces devastated the city when they captured it in the first months of the war. The BBC's Danny Eberhard reports. The battle for Mariupol was the fiercest of the war so far. Ukraine believes 25,000 people were killed, as many as 7,000 trapped in the rubble of bombed-out homes. The latest research appears to back up eyewitness reports that the de facto Russian authorities have been taking bodies recovered from destroyed buildings for reburial. Satellite images analysed by the British-based Centre for Information Resilience show more than 1,500 new graves dug at one site alone since June about a third of the total dug there since the war began. In the United States, the Democratic and Republican parties have intensified their campaign efforts in the final run-up to tomorrow's midterm elections. The votes are seen as crucial for both President Joe Biden and his predecessor, Donald Trump. Here's the BBC's Sarah Smith. As the campaign enters its last full day, Republicans are feeling confident, while Democrats are braced for losses, even in parts of the country where they usually do well. Polls suggest that Democrats are likely to lose their majority in the House of Representatives. Control of the Senate will probably rely on the results of extremely tight races in Pennsylvania, Georgia and Nevada. Democrats have campaigned on abortion rights, gun control and warnings about the threat to democracy in America. While Republicans blame increased immigration, rising crime and inflation on the Biden administration. Police in the Philippines have accused the head of the country's prison service, Gerald Bantag, of ordering the murder of a prominent journalist last month. Percival Mambaza was shot dead in a suburb of, the ca- of Manila as he drove to a radio studio. The Philippines is ranked as one of the most dangerous countries in the world for journalists. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports. The police have filed a murder complaint against the Bureau of Corrections Director General Gerald Bantag and his Deputy Security Officer Ricardo Zulueta. The alleged gunman, Joel Escorial, surrendered to authorities in October after police broadcast his face from security footage. Police believe the gunman received the kill order from prison inmate Cristito Villamor Palaña. He too was found dead after being suffocated with a plastic bag. Investigators have accused Gerald Bantag and Ricardo Zuleta of ordering both murders. Sport and Arsenal have restored their two-point advantage at the top of the English Premier League. The Gunners beat their London rivals Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, with the Brazilian defender Gabriel scoring the only goal of the game. Arsenal boss Mikel Arteta says how they won the match was particularly satisfying. Really pleased, not only for the win, but I think the way we played, I think the way the team showed maturity, composure, dominance and, and a real character to, to impose ourselves on the pitch. Credit to the boys because what you try to do at the end uh, is on the pitch in a training session in the video, but to do it actually there under pressure after City winning yesterday a different story. So I'm really pleased. It's a really young team, but I think today they play like a really mature team and uh, that's a big step to do it against this opponent. Mohamed, I'm sorry, and some contrasting emotions from the Chelsea manager, Graham Potter. Huffed and puffed, I would say, but lacked a little bit of quality. 
Um, I think we're playing against a, a team in a good moment with um, with a good structure, with a good understanding of what they're doing. Um, and you can see the difference in maybe in terms of quality and and um, and, and confidence and structure at, uh, in the game. Uh, we we obviously wanted to make it a bit of a, a London derby and, and to get the crowd involved. I thought the effort was there from the players. We just lacked a little bit of uh, a little bit in the final third. How we built up wasn't ideal, so that can happen. That's where we're at at the, at the moment in the phase of our development, and there's a difference in terms of the two teams. Mohamed Salah scored twice as Liverpool beat Tottenham 2-1 for their first away win of the Premier League season. Left-back Andy Robertson says it was a hard-fought win. You know, this season's shown that I think Tottenham have been a bit slow starters in, in the first half and um, in second half they've been one of the best. So we knew they were going to come out, we knew it was going to be a different team getting booed off at half-time. We know the, the manager they've got, um, would have expected the reaction off them and I think they got that, but you know, I think it was a, a game of two halves for us, you know. First half we were excellent on the ball, second half I thought we were excellent off it. You know, we defended really well. When Ali needed to make saves, he made saves. When the centre-backs had to clear it, they cleared it. And, you know, that's what we need. We've not won away from home um, this season. It was never going to be, you know, the first one was never going to be a walk in the park and never going to be easy and we had to dig deep and, yeah, it's a massive three points for us. Meanwhile, Liverpool will have the chance to avenge last season's Champions League final defeat at the hands of Real Madrid after they were drawn to face the holders again in the last 16. Meanwhile, the other standout tie saw Paris, I'm sorry, Paris Saint-Germain drawn to play Bayern Munich in a repeat of the 2020 final, which the German club won. Newcastle climbed above Spurs and into third place after beating Southampton 4-1 at St Mary's. Newcastle extended their unbeaten run to nine games. Manager Eddie Howe was happy with the result, but not the performance. Yeah, very pleased with the scoreline and the goals. Uh, I thought they were the highlight for us. Our overall performance, I thought, was below where it's been. Um, Recently we played at a really high level consistently. Today we just dropped below that, I thought. And Southampton, um, for parts of the game, played very well. But we didn't concede. We hung in there. And uh, as I say, the goals were our highlight, really. I thought we were very clinical in front of goal today. What were the aspects that you were disappointed with then? Just um, just the, the, the sort of the overall feel of the team today. We, I don't think we were particularly good with the ball. I'm not being overdramatic or critical of my players. I think they've done brilliantly again today to see that game out. It's very difficult to win, home or away, and we've won comfortably. But I think the lads know that performance-wise that wasn't quite there today. And Southampton have sacked manager Ralph Hasenhutl after slumping into the Premier League relegation zone after a 4-1 defeat against Newcastle. They fired him after their eighth loss in 14 league games left them in 18th place. Hasenhutl took over from Mark Hughes nearly four years ago and his highest finish in the Premier League was 11th in the 2019-2020 season. He also led Southampton to the FA Cup semi-finals the following season. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. A tourism industry representative says plans to ease rules for inbound tourists show Hong Kong is returning to normal. China Evergrande Group says it's facing a loss of about 770 million US dollars after receivers sold its plot of land in Yunlong. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling it's twilight time When purple colored curtains Mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear At twilight time 
And a very good evening to you. Thanks for tuning in to Twilight Time here in Hong Kong. 45 minutes of easygoing, easy, relaxing music between now and midnight. As usual, our diverse selection. If you'd like to add to the list, it's Radio Pete and Gmail. First one for you is the object of my affection, Johnny Mercer. Together, The object of my affection can change my complexion from white to rosy red. Anytime she holds my hand and tells me that she's mine. There are many girls who can thrill me and some who can fill me with dreams of happiness. But I know I'll never rest until she says she's mine. Now I'm not afraid she'll leave me, cause she's not the kind to be unfair. But instead I trust her implicitly, she can go where she wants to go, do what she wants to do, I don't care. The object of my affection can change my complexion from white to rosy red. Anytime she holds my hand and tells me that she's mine. She's not the kind who'd be unfair But instead I trust her implicitly She can go where she wants to go Do what she wants to do, I don't care The object of my affection Can change my complexion From white to rosy red Anytime she holds my hand And tells me that she's mine Anytime she holds my hand and tells me that she's mine. 